Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Walt. Well, it is a rather nasty day here in New Jersey. We've got that crummy weather that's swept across the United States. And again, make sure that when you have your dog outside, because this is that weather where it goes from 90 down to 45, make sure your dog is not outside during the day in case we have thunder and lightning. You're going to give your dog some phobias. Listen, you guys have enough dogs with enough phobias that you're still listening to my show after a couple of years. So please be aware that the summer and spring weather can definitely wreak havoc on a dog's ability to be stable. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, today, I had an amazing day over at the Pingree School with some amazing people, including Connor, who set up a wonderful day for us to visit with about 600 students at the Pingree School here in New Jersey. And what was amazing was not only, of course, Savannah, who's just a rock star, um, and not only Lexi, who's done this for four years now, but was our little man Bruiser, who we call the Booze Man. And we, uh, we love him. He's 16 weeks old. And what was so wonderful was seeing how he snuggled up to literally several hundred of the kids. It was a really wonderful thing because, you know, you don't realize when you're dealing with dogs like Lexi, who's our shelter dog and now is a service dog, and you have Savannah, who's grand champion this and that, and grandmother won at Westminster, and mom is number two or number one, I think, now in the country. And, you know, the great thing about dogs is dogs are dogs, and dogs do what dogs do because they're dogs. So Lexi and Savannah and Bruiser, or the booze man, they don't think of things like we do. Oh, this dog came from this bad background and feel sorry for it. Because, unfortunately, that makes your energy weak. And if your energy is weak, then your dog has to step up to the plate and be the leader. Nobody wants to be the leader. We can't get a darn president who's a good leader. So it's very hard because who wants to have all those responsibilities of providing and protecting and and leading? It's a very, very difficult thing. So if you don't want your dog to have that job, then you've got to do the job. Now, what was cool about the Pingree School is, you know, we work with and we always talk about, you know, working with special needs kids. And, you know, we do get to work with some kids who are typical, who don't have any kind of developmental delays or any kind of issues as far as behavior or any learning disabilities. But what's so cool is I don't think most people realize, and most parents I don't think realize, how much stress their typical children are under in a normal day with studying and finals and all that, well, the Pingree School, wonderful, wonderful people. I have a feeling we're going to be winding up placing a dog with them as well through Merlin's Kids. And if anybody's interested in one of these amazing in-school service dogs, we call them institutional service dogs, that are super highly trained either on cortisol for behavioral intervention or therapeutic facilitation. If you're interested, you know, you can always call 855-HI-WYATT. That's our 800 number, 855-HI-WYATT, who is uh, laying on the uh, the couch here in my studio with me, my good boy. Uh, but what's wonderful is walking in with three dogs, um, no, no leashes, and Savannah, who's the rock star at two and a half, who's just amazing. She does the cancer and disease detection. She does uh, the work with special needs kids, and she's just a little rock star. She's just a great dog. She is one of mine that I bred, a Rhodesian Ridgeback, and uh, niece of Wyatt. Then we come in with Lexi, who's my little Heinz 127, because 57 breeds. I think there's more than that in her. She's just a little bit of everything. And Lexi came in, and she's my little rock star, and I did her little breakdancing routine, and spin her around, and she just loves it, and everybody loves Lexi. She's just the cutest thing ever. But the surprise was my 16-week-old puppy, because I know I put a lot of time into these puppies, and obviously they all have great temperaments. They don't 
you know, do anything that's um, destructive. They're not jumping. They're not barking. They're not biting. And 16-week-old puppies, you don't normally have five and a half or six hours of, you know, a puppy just being well-behaved for that long of a time. And everyone was really, really blown away by how gentle my little bruise man was. Um, he just, I mean, he's got to be close to 50 pounds or 48 pounds. He's just enormous. But what was great was seeing how these three dogs that I brought in to work with, well, I thought we'd be working with 10 or 15 kids at a time. At a couple of times, we had 75 or 80 kids and loud and all the kids walking around. And Bruiser was just so stable. Nobody could believe how old he was, how young he is. But the difference is that my guys grow up in my house. And because they grow up in my house with my rules and the older dogs who are allowed to discipline them, and I don't mean, you know, hurt them, but they're allowed to give a little mama rumble or a little tiny nip uh, within certain constraints that I set up. And to see how Bruiser just literally melted into so many kids just they sit on their lap and he's on his back and they're snuggling him and they pick him up and you know throw their back out because you know he's such a big boy Uh, but it's just really totally amazing to me to see that if you expect things to be well and go good and you expect things like if I expect Bruiser to be a good boy he's going to be a good boy if I worry about him and, oh, no, what's going to happen? What's he going to do? Oh, he's only 16 weeks old. I better not bring him. If you don't give your dog the chance or you don't give your child a chance or your marriage a chance and you've already decided ahead of time that you're going to have a problem, then you're going to really miss out on so much of what you could have done. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Why do we set our dogs up for failure? Why do we keep our shelter dogs, our rescue dogs in the past? Why do we assume things about them that they're not going to be good in a situation? Because the problem is we're humans, and humans think like humans because we're humans the same way that dogs think like dogs because they're dogs. And I know it sounds silly, but think about it. How many times do you take that dog who might have been a shelter dog, you're trying to train him up, whether it's to be a therapy dog or a fully certified service dog through Merlin's Kids. You can go on merlinskids.org. You can see on the website all the different training programs. But how do you get your dog past his past when you can't get past his past? Think about it. It's like assuming that somebody's going to fail, assuming that your dog is not going to be behaving, assuming that your dog is going to drag you towards another dog, assuming that your dog is going to exhibit a particular behavior. And what you're actually doing is making that dog, creating that situation, making that dog do the behavior that you thought was going to happen. Well, That's kind of like the defeatist attitude. Hey, you know, I'm not going to play the lottery because I'm going to lose. Well, it's really a good thing that whoever wins Powerball or any of the big lottos, you know, it's a good thing that they didn't think that way because they wouldn't have bought a ticket. So, you you know, you got to be in it to win it. Give it a shot. You take your dog out like you intend to be successful, and you'll be so surprised at what your dog will give you back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough. Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm, your dog can be goo healthy. There's Doggy Goo to find environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo healthy. 
Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf and Wyatt Richbeck. Let me give Wyatt a kiss from the audience. Wyatt got a good checkup and he's all healthy as of yesterday. We are so excited and thank you to all of you who've been following our beautiful Wyatt. Remember also, you can pick up a copy of my new book, uh, which is called Shh Happens, S-H-H-H, Happens, Dog Behavior 101 on Amazon for your Kindle. It's an awesome book that goes into all the techniques that I've been using for so many years to raise my champion and grand champion Ridgebacks to be nice and great and wonderful with children and wonderful in different situations, including a school with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children that are going to be running in and trying to de-stress during finals week. So we were talking a little bit about getting your dog past his past. This is one of the most common questions I am asked, not by clients, but by prospective clients. And by the way, it's not perspective, it's prospective, P-R-O. So prospective clients will ask me, well, you know, my dog was, you know, beaten or my dog was abused, my dog was burned. You know, he grew up in a terrible environment. He lived in Bulgaria. He lived in Costa Rica. He lived in Spain. He lived in some horrible little place in Europe or in Asia or came from a beach in St. Croix. It doesn't matter to a dog where it was. It matters to a dog where it is. You have to get past the past. That's like saying, oh, well, you know, you once saw somebody, uh, you know, fall off a bicycle, so you know he can't ride a bicycle. Well, you know, if he's a, a somebody who's practicing, it's not really fair to say that you think that that person or that animal is going to behave in a certain way because of his background. That's prejudice. We would never do that with people. That's like saying, oh, I got mugged by, you know, a, a, a short man, you know, with dark hair and purple eyes. And I don't trust short men with dark hair and purple eyes anymore because, you know, I got mugged by him or stolen. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as breed-specific legislation. We don't like a certain dog because of its color, because of its background, whatever. We should be judging each and every situation individually. That's how we teach our children. We teach our kids, don't be prejudiced. Yet you guys are very the ones who are going to be guilty of being prejudiced against your own dog. Why? Well, you say, oh, he doesn't like other dogs. Okay. I don't like a lot of people. doesn't mean I'm allowed to lunge at them and snap at them and bite at them and scream at them. So, in other words, for a dog, the dog would be, you know, either barking or growling or lunging or snapping at another person or another dog. That's not okay. In my world, it's just not okay. I'm not mad about it. I'm not angry about it. I'm not upset about it. But it's not okay. The same way as imagine if somebody came into your home and started just lighting up a cigar. Now, you guys who are the cigar smokers, you're going, hey, I like this world. But for most of us, we're saying, dear Lord, I don't want a stinky cigar messing up my white floors and my white walls. I don't want all my furniture to stink and stench like disgusting cigar smoke. Sorry, guys or ladies. But the key is here that it is your house, and once you claim back your house, and it is your house, and it's your rules, and when you take your rules out into your yard, front yard, backyard, your street that you own, your town that you own, your dog park that you own, your country that you own, your world that you own, you own everything. So if you own it, why is your dog allowed to behave or why are your children allowed to behave in a manner that is not appropriate? Well, the problem is that we don't think of things like that. We think of, oh, my dog's dog aggressive. 
he was at the shelter, and he was fine at the shelter, but then he came home, now he's so protective. Well, why would a dog become protective, or why would a dog become dominant? They become protective or dominant because they haven't had anybody else take over and teach them, not get mad at them, but just teach them, hey, knucklehead, you're not allowed to do that. I'm not mad at you, but you're just not allowed to do that. It's just the way it is. I'm not upset with you, but you're not allowed to go out there and you're not allowed to just, you know, randomly hurt somebody. You're not allowed to randomly lunge at somebody. I'm not mad at you. It's just not okay. That's where we talk about setting rules. But before we even set any rules, we've got to make sure that we believe in us. How many times do you think, oh, you know, the dog is great for my husband? Or, oh, the dog is great for my wife? Or, oh, well, when the dog walker comes, you know, he's not that bad. Or when the dog walker comes, he's terrible. If the dog doesn't behave in the exact same manner for each and every person in each and every situation, then it's operator error. If you have somebody who's very calm, confident, easygoing, soft-spoken, but yet is not a weenie or a wimp or a milquetoast, then that dog is going to key off of that stable, confident, in control, really good, nice energy, and that dog will not be reactive. I can't even tell you how many of the the clients that I have, the first thing they say, well, he's not as bad for my husband or she's not as bad for my wife. Well, then it's operator error, and we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes when we get into the next segment because this is something that you are doing without even realizing it. You're setting your dog up for failure by teaching the dog that you are not a stable person. Now imagine if you yell and scream, your dog, you know, it's looking at you going, oh my gosh, look at the lunatic that's on the other end of the leash. You're thinking of it as, oh my gosh, look at this lunatic dog at the end of my leash, but your dog is on the other end of the leash going, look up at who I've got. He's scared. He's grabbing it. He's got a death grip on the leash. It must be something bad. That dog and person down the road there must be bad because he's holding me back. You ever watch like Jerry Springer show? Uh, And you don't admit it, but you know, when you get the stomach virus and you're home for a week, you watch Springer, okay? or Maury Povich, and it's like, you know, my baby daddy's baby mama's first cousin's next door neighbor's baby daddy, and you over there, and you're going to get, you know, I'm going to kick your butt because you're the next door neighbor's cousin's baby mama's baby daddy's baby cousin baby daddy. And, you know, it's ridiculous because all you have to do is change your energy because if you change your energy and if you change the way you're doing something, the dog is going to change. He has no choice but to change. It's like instituting rules in a spoiled brat. You take a, one of the Broadway or Hollywood kind of bratty kids that grows up into a snotty adult. If somebody would have just come in there and said, hey, you're not managing your own money. You're 12 or you're 14. You're not in charge of that. I'm not going to let you do that. And this is what's going to happen, and this is how my house is going to run. And you might be famous, but you are a member of my household, and you are no different than everyone else. You know what? Those are the kids, the Ron Howards, the great kids who grew up awesome because they had rules, because the parents didn't treat them differently. So don't think of your dog as having a problem. Think of your dog as being the solution to your issues. You stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a moment. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Per Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting 
and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to PurSprayPet.com. That's P-U-R SprayPet.com. PurSprayPet.com. Or call us now at 386-310-3924. As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. So we're talking about dogs and we're talking about all the wonderful parts and different aspects of why dogs do what they do. Part of the reason dogs do what they do is because of the human who's attached. So if you're able to change your energy so that your dog sees you not as the weakest link, but as the strongest link in a situation, your dog is suddenly going to change. Remember, if you don't change something, nothing's going to change. That's a definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Why do we do the things that we know aren't going to work. Why? I don't get it. What purpose could there possibly be for us to do the same thing and expect there to be any change, any difference whatsoever? It's so important that we understand and that we make sure that we are changing. If we don't change something, don't expect anything to change. So we go out to the dog park or we go out on a walk. And the first thing we do when we walk out, oh, Fluffy, we're going out for a walk. And you get your dog all excited. And you wonder why he's crazy on a walk. Don't walk out your front door. Don't even grab for that leash. What you need to do before you do anything is to make sure that you are in charge and that you're doing what you're doing because you need to make sure that that dog is safe. Remember, you have to be able to, um, to, first of all, teach your dog, but you have to believe in it yourself. The problem is, so often, I think people don't believe in what they're doing. People don't understand or don't believe that, you know, hey, I can change this. And you really can change it. But the way you're going to change it is not going to be by, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. Remember we said that at the top of the show, you can't do the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. That is insanity. So remember, the main thing that you need to do is, first of all, to make sure that, you know, whatever happens, that you remain in charge. Now, remaining in charge does not mean that you're going to hurt your dog or you're going to ever use like a shock collar or a prong collar or a choker chain or anything like that. All it means is that you are going to be the, the spiritual leader, the guiding light for your dog. That means, of course, that when the dog does something, you have to know how to correct it. You don't want to correct it in a way that the dog is afraid or the dog feels that it can't trust you or that, you, that the dog might feel, you know, questioning your uh, ability to take care of them. If you can't be the leader, then your dog has to be. There's no question. Either you're it or your dog is it. Pretty simple. So either you're it or your dog is it. Now, you go out on a walk with your dog, and the first thing you do is what? Well, the first thing you do is you take the dog and you start freaking out and thinking, uh-oh, this isn't good. You know, I've got this dog and the dog is going to be 
you know, doing whatever behavior. And, you know, because we're, you know, all nervous and everything else, we're upset. And, you know, I better, you know, make sure that the dog is going to be, you know, listening to me. So I'm going to put a choker chain on him. Why would you put a choker chain on the dog? Does that make any sense? Why would you put a choker chain on the dog? I would hope you wouldn't do that. I would hope that what you would do instead of that is to put the dog on a gentle leader or on a similar kind of a thing that goes around the head and the nose like you would do a halter for a horse. I hope you're not planning to take that dog and to, uh, you know, decide that you're going to, uh, you know, take him on some crazy expedition to a dog park. Why would you do that when he's, you don't even know if he's good? But you also don't want to assume that he's bad. You have no idea how horrible it is when you see a dog who, you know, it's a good dog. You can see it's a good dog. But the dog doesn't know what to do. How does how is the dog going to know what he's supposed to do? You haven't taught him anything. So the poor dog is just trying to figure out what he's supposed to do. And so what do you do? You start, instead of, uh, you know, teaching him the right way, you teach him the wrong way by saying, in your in your actions, not in your words, oh, my gosh, I'm really afraid I'm a terrible leader, and you should help me because I don't know what I'm going to do. If here's your dog and your dog is starting to, you know, pull on the leash, don't let him pull you. Don't let him get to the scary, dangerous thing before you do because if you put him between yourself and the scary thing, in other words, let's say the dog that's coming, and you allow him to be between you and the person coming or the dog coming, you're teaching him in a way he understands visually, um, and you're teaching him that he's going to be between you and the danger. So, of course, he's going to think he has to block, or of course, he's going to think he has to protect. I would think so. If there were a gunfight and you pushed me in front of you, I would look at you and go, oh, my gosh, you're not a good leader at all. You're trying. You're just trying to protect yourself, so I'm obviously in charge. I wouldn't think, oh, yeah, he's trying to protect me. I would think completely the opposite way, that you aren't trying to protect me, because if you were trying to protect me, you wouldn't stick me behind in front of you. You'd put me behind you. Now, why does that make sense? Well, my word is positional. Positional dominance, positional uh, use of, of location and body position. Positional, which is a, a Janice Wolf word, means that you are going to have a dog, any dog, who is going to look at you. I don't care what you say. It's do as I do, not as I say with dogs. It's not do as I say, not as I do. It's do as I do, not as I say. You can tell him it's okay, it's okay, and he's looking at you like, what do you mean it's okay? There's this big scary dog coming. I have to protect you, you knucklehead, because you don't get it. You don't understand that my job is to provide for you and protect you. But in reality, we look at it as, oh, you know, our dog has got to take care of us. He's Look, he's going ahead of us. He's so cute. He's so sweet. He's so good. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, he understands that we're taking care of him. You know, it doesn't really matter what you think. It matters what you do. So if you have a dog who has any kind of potential behavioral issues and you're not doing the job of providing and protecting, of course he's going to do that job and he's going to try to save you and protect you. I would, if you had one of my nephews, my Josh or my Zachary, or, or any of my friends, and somebody tried to hurt them or my dogs, forget it. Try to hurt my dogs, I will take you out. You will not ever hurt anything that I cherish, which is animals and children and a couple of rare adults including my 90-year-old mom, who is amazing. But the, the fact of the matter is, if you're not the leader, if you're not the one in charge, a good dog should look at you and say, well, I guess, you know, I, I, I see these T-shirts that says I'm with stupid. Well, I, I kind of think that dogs should have little T-shirts that say I'm with knucklehead because the dog looks up at the human, checks in with them, and goes and looks up and says, Hey, 
you're staring at that other dog. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the dog. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the dog. Apparently, you're terrified. All right. I'll protect you again. I'm the dog. We're going to talk about more from a dog's perspective in just a minute, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H.com. Learn how to teach your dog how to be a service dog. And welcome back to From Shelter Dog to Service Dog with Janice Wolf. And the amazing Wyatt. So I did want to send a quick shout-out to the future Dr. Jody Joseph, now beginning her third year up at Cornell. And uh, she is just an amazing young lady and has uh, been doing incredible things. We love Jody. And we also wanted to throw a shout-out at DJ Wright, who is one of our listeners-turned-United Canine professionals, professional behaviorists who went through our program to become a certified natural canine behavior rehabilitation specialist. We love her because she's got the biggest heart, and we were able to save quite a few dogs last uh, last month when we were down there, and the dogs are just doing great. So we're very excited about having her on board. If you think that this sounds too good to be true, that, hey, I wish I could meet this Janice lady for whatever reason, well, you know, you can actually contact us at 855, the number 4, the letter K, the number 9, pros. That's 855-459-7767. That's, again, 855-459-7767. And you can contact us, fill out an application. We just opened up for our next round, which will be... I, our next module should be starting sometime in July, and we are going to have some really cool ones. We've got somebody new in the Netherlands, which I'm very excited about, so we're adding an 11th country. We'll be all traveling. Uh, a lot of us from United Canine Professionals are going to be traveling to Bulgaria um, to work with the shelter dogs and shelters there in revamping them so that people... Uh, would be able to know how to rehabilitate the dogs and how to properly care for them. So it's very exciting, and it's a very cool thing when you're able to go into a place that didn't have a skill set and teach them. And that's why we have our wonderful Gary. Uh, Gary is in Bulgaria. We have uh, several people in Bulgaria now, and very exciting to be able to help them to help dogs. You don't realize there are 4 million dogs that are euthanized in the United States alone every year, 4 million every year. How does this happen, folks? How is it possible that we have 4 million dogs that we euthanize every single year? That's crazy. And cats, somewhere is around 8 to 12 million cats. Millions. You think about that. The numbers, and why is it that so many dogs end up being euthanized? There are some great dogs being euthanized. You know, part of it is, the yes, the shelter people, the animal control officers who undoubtedly a lot of times start, um, try to do the right thing, and then they realize that there's just no way they can do anything, that there's, you know, it's just the status quo, the old boy network, whatever. But, you know... If you want to change something, you can do it. I have started so many wonderful companies. I've got Merlin's Kids, 
We have United Canine Professionals. We have our SD2, D3 program where we do cancer and disease detection dogs. Uh, we do courtroom testimony dogs. We do cortisol detection, which we are the only ones who do that, and the real-time cancer detection and disease detection dogs. These are things that didn't exist before I was born. They're things that exist because I'm here, and there's a reason that all of you are here. And it may not be to have your 9-to-5 job that you may love or may hate. That's not why. Find the reason you were supposed to be on this earth and find the reason that you haven't left the earth yet. And I think of a wonderful lady named Sue in New Jersey. She is just one of the most beautiful, special people ever. And she had a dog, a shelter dog, that she rescued from a wonderful shelter, a wonderful rescue group that I work with uh, quite a bit. And the dog, her life just, you know, like all of us, we have times in our life, and her life was just kind of out of control. And the dog bit her and bit her in the face and took a little chunk of her, a piece of her ear, piece of the side of her face. And this is a gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Well, you know what's so wonderful about her is she used that opportunity to change herself. And she has now also joined our company. And what's amazing is to see her growth and to see the dog who had bitten her now turn into a super, super stable dog, one who is confident, no longer fearful or fear-aggressive like he was when she got him. This dog is just a beautiful dog. And what's just amazing is to see how people can change. And if you can change for your dog, then you need to change for whatever reason. Change what you're doing because... If you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, expecting a different result, that is the definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is for the people who are doing that same behavior or same thing every time, the same way, and you get the same result. Why would you keep doing that same thing? So when you're walking your dog and there's another dog coming from the opposite direction, don't run the other way. You can avoid. You can fight which we don't want to do that. You can flight, which is fleeing, which is, you know, running like a scared little deer. You can avoid, which is okay, or you can submit, which is to give up. Well, avoiding is okay, but not hightailing it out of there and running away because you're afraid. Because all that's going to do is teach your dog that you are not a good leader, that you're a scared, fearful leader, and you know what's going to happen? Your dog isn't going to trust you. So a lot of times people will say, well, you know, my dog's been doing great for a year, two years, five years, six months, whatever. And then my dog regressed. Dogs don't regress. You guys stop doing what we taught you to do. Get my book. Shh, happens. Dog Behavior 101. You can get it for your Kindle. It's a whopping nine ninety nine because so many rescues and shelters are... Uh, are requiring people to buy that book so that they have a clue of how to work with their dogs and they don't get as many returns. It's a great book. It talks about shelter dogs, talks about the qualities that you can expect in certain groups and breeds. It talks about how to fix behaviors. If you have a dog with aggression or if you have a baby or a toddler, yeah, you know what, you need to call our 800 number, 855 Four K nine pros eight five five four five nine seven seven six seven, and we will help you. It's a free call. We can very often help you right on the phone, especially if you've already read the book. You're able to have you know one of us, our board members. We have over two hundred people now in United Canine Professionals all around the country, thirty eight, well soon to be thirty nine states, and ten soon to be eleven countries. So we are growing, and, you know, if you decide, and the reason I taught, brought up Sue is it changed her so much to see that she didn't have to put this dog to sleep and that if there was hope. There's hope for your dog. You don't have to give up. You don't have to think, oh, no, I've got to give my dog up or I've got to, you know, do whatever terrible thing I have to do. You don't have to do that. There is hope for your dog. Get a copy of Shh Happens, S-H-H-H, Happens, 
Dog Behavior 101 by Janice Wolf, and you will see that immediately once you start doing that, your dog is going to change. But you have to change for him to change. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the last segment. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial. No sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat-treated to help retain all the natural, rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com. Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. Share the incredible process of shelter dogs whose lives are saved and are saving the lives of special needs children. We're going to talk for a minute about what we were talking about last segment, and then we're going to talk about our amazing new rescues and shelter dogs who have been featured in this amazingly cool way, and I'm going to tell you in a minute. First thing is, though, please, when you're taking your dog for a walk, please, first of all, remember dogs need to go off your property to go on a leash. They do not have to socialize. If you have a dog who's aggressive or if you have a dog with problems, you can call our 800 number, 855-4K9-PROS, 855-459-7767. We will be happy to help you. But if you take your dog out and you read the book and you say, geez, this makes sense, and you start to do that, you don't have to take your dog out for like an hour walk. You can take him out for a couple minutes. If you have like a little dachshund or a little tiny foofy dog, you don't have to go out for hours. I can't take my dogs out for hours. I've got lots of dogs. And they are the best dogs in the world. I love when people say, oh, they call me and say, Janice, oh, hi, love your show, read your book. You know, oh, you're amazing. Actually, you know, I've read both your books, and, you know, I saw you at this event, whatever. But, you know, my dog just, he's doing great, but the but is the people. The but is because you're asking and looking for excuses. There are no excuses. You've got to walk your dog. You just got to do it. It doesn't have to be a long walk. You grab a gentle leader, put the gentle leader on, or you have whatever apparatus other than a pinch collar, prong collar, choker chain, which those are horrible. But you get your dog out there, even if it's a short walk, and even if you are a 4 a.m.er, which means you get up at 4 to take your dog out before the joggers and cyclists are out because your dog is that bad that you can't be near other dogs. But don't do the same thing. Don't walk him the same way. Don't always go the same path. Don't get him fired up before the dog even leaves. I can't tell you how many times my clients, I say, okay, we're going to you know, take the dog out in a minute, so let's see what you do. And he'll go, oh, Barney, you want to go for a walk? The dog starts and he's like, see, he gets so excited. I don't know why. And then he, he lunges at everything. He lunges in the aisleways and in the lobby and in the hallways and in the elevator. He's terrible. And that's where a good old-fashioned roll of duct tape is so handy. Not for the dog, for your mouth. Stop talking. Just go. Get the leash. Take it out. If the dog goes crazy, then don't take him out then. You want to take him out when he's calm. So pick up the leash, walk into another room, put it on the table. Then a few minutes later, 
take it up from the table, put it on the end table, pick it up a couple minutes later, put it on the coffee table, put it over by the door, take it over by the window. Change it up so that the dog doesn't start getting excited every time you reach for that drawer or that hook or you go near the front door and the dog gets crazy. Think like a dog. It's not hard, people. Just think about it. Calm, confident, relaxed, just chill, just chill out. You know, the most important thing is just be calm. So if you can go and just take the leash out, put the leash on, if the dog gets all excited, wait till he calms down a minute. As soon as he sits, lies down, calms down, he doesn't have to sit or lie down, but just the concept of he's waiting for you, he's checking in with you. And then all you got to do is start walking. You go through that door first, he follows behind, you're calm. If he starts getting acting up because he sees somebody, you are between him and the scary, dangerous thing. Change what you've been doing. It's not hard. Now, one of the things also that I think is so, so critically important is for people to understand why their dogs are doing what they're doing. That's why I'm suggesting the book. It is a great book. It has everything in it. I've written quite a few books through the years. This is definitely my best book. It has the most information. It's not written for an 8-year-old. It's written for an adult. So it does have some genetics and some kind of cool stuff in it. But it doesn't matter because all of the stuff that's in it is things that are going to help you to be a better owner because you'll understand why dogs do what dogs do. So what I want to do for the next five minutes is to go through some of the amazing things and the amazing successes that we've been having. We've been, well, if you check our website on merlinskids.org or unitedk9professionals.com, if you like us on Facebook and you follow us uh, for the Merlin's Kids and United K9 Professionals, you'll see all the cool things. One of the great things is I believe it's uh, Sunday, it's uh, September 13th, it's, we're going to have this amazing dog walk, and you can actually have a team, sponsor a team. There are people who are trying to get a service dog. You can help them uh, by joining one of their teams, and we're going to be walking with dogs. So anybody who's in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania area, Delaware even, might want to come out. It's called Bark on the Banks. It's awesome. And the Bark on the Banks is going to be a bunch of our service dogs, a bunch of shelter dogs, some of my Ridgebacks. You'll be able to meet Wyatt and Savannah and a whole bunch of our dogs. But what's great about it is you'll be able to practice, and we'll have probably at least 50 of our people from United Canine Professionals who will be there to help you. There will be a lot of people there, and it's going to be awesome. So check our website and check us on Facebook and make sure you like us. Now, the other cool thing is every month we're going to be featuring a different one of our rescue shelter dogs on our newsletter. So go on to Facebook or to the Merlin's Kids or United Canine Professionals on Facebook or on the Internet and just go to our websites or our Facebook and you can find uh, where all of our events will be including our very, very cool art auction we had last month, thanks to Josh uh, Ribiat, who is wonderful and has an amazing company that helps uh, nonprofits to raise money. So, you know, there's so much cool stuff out there. Now, one of the things is we have Merlin's Kids Winery, so we actually have six different choices for uh, different kinds of wine, from Merlot's to Chardonnay's, just beautiful. And each bottle of wine, it's only $20 a bottle. What's cool about it is that you can ship that. You can just call it in or order it online. And it's a great gift. It's not just like some bottle of wine that you go to the store and, you know, you get and the people look, oh, great, it's another bottle of blah, blah, blah wine. This is wine with a story. It's wine bottles that actually have the picture of Merlin our founder, our Lipizzan Stallion, my baby. Um, he was on one, and we have Wyatt, of course, Savannah. We have Rainy. We have Toby. And we have Shamrock. We have all these awesome dogs 
and each bottle of wine has a different dog or horse on it. So you can read the story. And we've been getting huge, huge, wonderful, wonderful uh, feedback from people saying, you know, this is so great because I'm buying a bottle or I'm buying three bottles or, you know, oh, my niece loves horses, so I'm getting her two of the ones with the horse on it. Um, And what's nice is people are able to read about what those specific um, animals do and it's great for us, for our nonprofit, for people to learn about what we do. But it's also a loving, wonderful way. And we get a donation from each of the, uh, the bottles that sold we make money on, so, which is great because that goes for us to rescue and rehabilitate more dogs from shelters and rescues around the country and rehabilitate them and train them and place them as service dogs for children with special needs, autism, et cetera, all for veterans for schools and all that. It's just an amazing program. So you definitely want to let us know if you are interested. And you can go on to our website. It's Merlin's Kids Winery. You can go to merlinskids.org or on our Facebook or United Canine Professionals. You can't not find it. But if you want a great bottle of Ridgeback wine to go with your Wyatt stuffed animal, which we still do have some Wyatt stuffed animals left, you can get the Wyatt, which is the Rhodesian Ridgeback, or Savannah Rhodesian Ridgeback. You can get Toby, who's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. You can have Shamrock, who's a Lab Golden Ridgeback mix. He's got everything in him. You can have Toby, um, who is the Cavalier. You can have Rainy, who is a gorgeous hound mix, who was found wandering in the uh, kind of forested area up in Niagara Falls. You can have Merlin, who was the top Lipizzan stallion. Gorgeous, my baby boy. You can have all of these different dogs, any of them or all of them, for $20 a bottle, and you can help us to rescue, rehabilitate, and train more dogs to become service dogs. And get a buzz, too. You can enjoy that nice bottle of wine for all the holidays coming up and for Father's Day. If you let us know, we can get it out to you pretty quickly. So, unfortunately, time is up again. Time flies when you're having fun. And Wyatt's waking up for his dinner now, so we must bid you a fond farewell. Please join us next week again. Um, Same time, same channel. And thank you, Don and Doug, the best engineers ever. We love you, too, and we'll see you next week. Share the amazing stories of shelter dogs whose lives are changed by changing others. 